from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're live inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. Dress up and dress down at Charney's. Doesn't matter what your style is, what you're looking for. If you're going out and golfing, they have the Callaway line and so much more. If you want that Tommy Bahama special signature look, or if you want to have something like that with a little twist on it, they have some bamboo K as well as their tuxedos, their suits, their sport coats, their pants, their shorts, suspenders, handkerchiefs, ties, hats. It's all there for you. All the way from head to toe, from your hat all the way down to your socks and your shoes. You can get them all at Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. You are tuning tuning in live to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Facebook.com backslash live now DT and on your listening on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. So live internet, radio, and television, listening on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, and watching on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT. Once the shows go live, you can go and search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora's archive on MixLR, where the live feed is, and an immediate archive 15 minutes after the show. It'll be loaded there. Also on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, your RSS feed, YouTube, and iTunes podcast. And once this is all said and done, when you get in your car, if you have Apple CarPlay or Google Car, whatever it's called for Google, Google CarPlay and whatnot, if you plug in your phone to your auxiliary cable and you, or not even the auxiliary cable, if you just plug in your phone in the USB port, it will bring up these apps and you can listen in to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, just like you would AM radio, FM radio, Sirius and XM. You can listen in to Wake Up Call. So very easy and all over the place for you, especially you can ask Alexa for those of you that have those to play Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and she'll do that as well. So so many great things with the show and appreciate you being here in the first hour of the broadcast. We started it last week officially for September. And we will be doing it all the way throughout the professional and collegiate seasons. And that is the segment Papa Joe's Picks. Papa Joe will be joining me live every single Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time to speak on college football. And we have him here with us this morning. So without further ado, let's bring him into the broadcast. PJ, how are we doing today? Good morning, Daniel. Everything's beautiful. And I mean, how how was your your, your, your last week here of, uh, of doing some uh, pigskin watching and whatnot. I know you watched the Syracuse game, and that was uh, that was not a game to watch. Oh, Daniel was awful. You could you could see the first the first quarter that, that Maryland was playing so much faster, and they had they had better athletes. I you know I know Mike Loxley is going to be a good coach for them because he came from the Alabama coaching tree. But boy, I I didn't like uh, Syracuse's effort at all. I, I think they're I think they're going to be decent through the year, but um, I'm really, really excited. I love to watch offensive football. I, I'm an old defensive guy as it, from way back, you know, but I love to watch offensive football. And 
Maryland's got offensive football, let me tell you, and they're going to be playing Temple this week. And the line on that game is only four points, and it should be about 44 points. So we'll see what happens. And the, the Jags, you know, what what can we say? Uh, uh, disappointing effort, unfortunately. Uh, Nick Foles getting hurt. Boy, is he snake bit. Jeez, uh, he's snake bit. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Minshaw coming in there and doing the job, uh, you know, they probably got a future. They'll The way it's going now, I, uh, I don't know if they're going to be a 500 team, but Minshaw, we know, is the real deal because uh, I followed him at least at Washington State with uh, – so he's, you know, he he can throw the ball. He's not as strong as Foles. I don't know if he can move around. We haven't. He was sitting back in a pocket and just picking apart Kansas City. But that by that time, that you know, the game was over. And Kansas City, you know, what what can you say about them? They're just they're just going to keep marching ahead until they run up against a defense that stops them. I don't see that in their future either. Yeah, you know, and and you brought it up, and you know, we'll get to uh, Jacksonville here in a sec. But we have, you know, obviously. The, uh, there's a bunch of logos that are here on Facebook Live underneath our conversation of, of different pieces we'll get into today. The Syracuse logo, UCF, USF, Florida State, Miami, your Gators, the Jaguars, and of course the NFL as a whole, and we'll make some college football picks overall. So plenty to talk about here today on the broadcast, and we appreciate having Papa Joe here every Thursday morning with us hanging out here on the Wake Up Call Airwaves. First and foremost with Syracuse, they lost by 43. I mean, this this was a this was a debacle. You know, this was a game that I warned everybody about. I said, listen, you got you you know you, you have to look at the fact that you know this Maryland team they got a new head coach. <clears throat> Josh Jackson's a good quarterback. I covered him when he was at Virginia Tech, so he comes over. And then you like it. You look at Mike Loxley and what he did right before he came to Maryland. He was the offensive coordinator of only you know the Alabama Crimson Tide. So I would like to think that he knows what he's doing offensively when you're working under Nick Saban and you have an Alabama team that at worst is second at the end of everything this past season and is typically in the top two every single year. So you knew that there was going to be a strong offense in mind. You knew that this is a guy that was coaching offense inside of the SEC, and then you bring him into this situation with Maryland where Maryland really had nowhere to go but up, and you bring in a quarterback in Josh Jackson. So, you know, this is a very, a very, very talented team, and I think that, you know, when they beat Howard 79 to nothing, like we talked about, you know, it's it's what can you say about it? It's Howard, you know, is it real? And then they come back the next week and they beat Syracuse's defense that has, you know, a bunch of individual accolades and guys up for, you know, preseason watch lists and whatnot and what the defense did last year. So, you know, this isn't a slouch defense by any stretch of the imagination. And I think if Maryland continues to play well and continues to push and, you know, goes up against the Michigans and the Michigan States and what's and whatnot inside of the Big Ten and, and Penn State, you know, that we could talk about it talk about a team that's actually the real deal that actually can you know, get some work in and get it done. So, you know, I don't think that I don't I mean, I feel that Maryland was supposed to, you know, in a lot of Syracuse fans minds, you know, be that be that game that you just kind of have a little bit of a push into the Clemson game, but not too much. And I told everybody to be very leery about that game. And, you know, I think if Maryland keeps winning, you can't help but look at the fact that this could be a real kind of fly pestering people inside of the Big Ten. 
Well, it's, it's it certainly looks like it's a it's a team that no one wants to play. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that the other teams are looking at the schedule and saying, "Well, we got Maryland when they coming down the line," you know. And you got to prepare for something like that. I, I wasn't uh, too strong on Josh Jackson as a quarterback, but boy, he fits this this offense good. And they're just they just roll. I mean, uh, they're just rolling. And it, it, what they after the first couple of series i couldn't believe that the difference of the teams on the field i said syracuse can't be this bad or maybe maryland's that good it just happened to be that syracuse really isn't that bad it just maryland is that much more better right now and better than people thought you're right howard is nothing but syracuse isn't this is a this is a mighty effort by maryland and they deserve the accolades that they've got and how about this papa joe jumping in the grave is what maryland did syracuse is ranked 21 in the Associated Press poll, and not only was Syracuse bumped out of the poll after losing this game to Maryland, but Maryland took the exact spot of 21. Thoughts on that? I mean, not only did Maryland get into the top 25, but they jumped right into to where Syracuse was right after they beat them. Oh, that's 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 funny. That's funny. Uh, to me, it looks like maybe they should be a, a little bit higher, uh, but the more they go and Maybe they'll have to beat another team of, of accord and, and see see where they go. But they certainly deserve their ranking. And uh, I, I'm sure that the other teams are just checking this out and say, you know, I don't know if we really want to play these guys, you know. Just going back to the uh, – every every year Alabama's got to play these cupcakes and the rest of the teams play their cupcakes too. Yeah. I read an article just a couple of days ago uh, that Nick Saban says, well, you know, no one wants to play us. We have to schedule teams that want to play us. If it costs us money, it costs us money. But if no one wants to play us, you know, what are we going to do? we got to, we got to play a game. And uh, I think, of course, it's not going to be like that with Maryland, but it, teams are looking out for them. And it's, it's not a team that you want to get behind on and let them roll. So uh, I'm anxious to watch them. I'm going to try to watch the, American, the Maryland Temple game. I, I doubt it will be on TV, uh, but at least we can follow it uh, on the Internet. Absolutely. Speaking here with Papa Joe this morning and every Thursday morning to start off Wake Up Call on Facebook Live as well as on MixLR. And you can get MixLR by going to MixLR.com backslash DT for live internet streaming radio. Or you can download the app MixLR and search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And of course, you can find us here on Facebook.com backslash live now dt papa joe I got, I got a lot of logos underneath us like i said here on facebook live and you know we've talked about syracuse a little bit let's get into the the syracuse matchup and just you know your thoughts on this this was supposed to be potentially college game day i was pushing for game day to be here after syracuse's 43 point loss there was no way that game day was going to travel into central new york for the first time ever but they are going to iowa state for the first time ever for the Iowa-Iowa State matchup. Thoughts on college game day going to the Iowa in-state rivalry? Well, good for them. I'm, I'm sure that you've probably never been there before. But, uh, yeah, Syracuse's uh, disappointing loss uh, certainly put a wrinkle into the, uh, the college football scene. Uh, I was looking forward to Clemson going up there and, and see what Syracuse has. Now it's – it doesn't look like it's it's going to be a contest. Although you know they Syracuse could pick it up, you know, and come up with a defensive scheme to stop uh, to stop Clemson. But 
kudos to Iowa and Iowa State. That's great. Uh, uh, I'm still sure it's going to be a lot of fun, but a huge disappointment for Syracuse. Not so much for Clemson because it looks like Clemson could just roll, keep rolling right on. Uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to back up at all, and ATN's not going to stop running. And their defense, geez, defense is going to be awesome. It's too bad it's not going to – is it going to be on TV? It'll be on TV, right? Yeah, it'll be on ABC at 7.30 p.m., yep. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to wait all day for it. But, Iowa State, though, that's going to be fun, too. Yeah, and, and, the, and the thing that's tough here is that, you know, this was supposed to be one of those games – where, you know, it was supposed to be closer. You know, there was supposed to be that feeling that Syracuse could squeak one out. Now, a couple of years ago, though, I do want to let people know that a, a couple, just just two years ago when Clemson came in to the Carrier Dome, there was nobody thinking that Syracuse was going to win that game. Clemson, just like this year, was coming off of a national championship. And, you know, every and they were the number two ranked team in the nation. Now they're the number one ranked team in the nation but the feeling was that there was no way that Syracuse had a chance in this. And Clemson is still, I believe, a 27-point favorite in this game. So this is, once again, David against Goliath. Does that maybe bode well for Syracuse? You know, obviously they had a bad showing against Maryland, but they went into last season with nobody feeling like no, they were on nobody's radar. It's not like anybody thought that they were going to be that great of a team last year, and then they ended up 10-3. and three. Now they come into this season and they're, you know, they can't sneak up on anybody because people know that they're talented. So, you know, now we look at a situation where did it almost work in Syracuse's favor that they walked into this season not being, you know, able to sneak under the radar and then they had such a bad game that maybe now they can sneak under the radar in this matchup because everybody thinks they're going to lose by, you know, three touchdowns or more. Does that maybe help out Syracuse a little bit that nobody thinks they can win this game? Uh, you know, I don't think so. Um, Clemson is a legitimate three-touchdown favorite. Uh, frankly, speaking of Syracuse now, I think that this could really define their season this early. I know it's early and we shouldn't be talking about stuff like this, but uh, they could be one and two. And they could be struggling for the rest of the the rest of the year and maybe even not make a bowl. So, you know, this is a pretty big game for them. It was, it was going to be a big game for them anyway. Uh, yeah. But now uh, with their disappointing loss and the way Clemson just keeps rolling it, I think Syracuse Syracuse won't win the game, I don't believe, but I think they can stay within the 24 points. So if you're a gambling guy, take Syracuse in the points. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, it's just – this is what we talk about, though, how seasons can change so quickly. You know, we were talking about Syracuse and what Syracuse could be this season and the positives that they bring forward and, you know, what they could be in, in this Clemson game and how college game day should go there. And then all of a sudden we see this Maryland game and, and, and the, you know, you sit here and you think to yourself, does Syracuse have any fighting chance? Do you feel that not only with Syracuse but in general how fast a season can change because there's only 12 games inside of college football for the regular season. You're right. I, I just said it. That this could define Syracuse's season. You know, there's other teams there too that are on the on the brink like that, but this is this is pretty important. One of one of the teams is Florida State. And they're going to be playing at Virginia and I just read something yesterday where they brought in an old defensive coordinator that can uh, try to help them on defense. They've given up a million yards and 100,000 points and they're not going to go anywhere. But it's, it's curious to find that out, too, because Florida State 
is in a situation where the whole season could be could be underwater too. And Virginia's no slouch. So, you know, Clemson, Syracuse, Florida State, Virginia, other teams that are on the bubble. Uh, it, it's 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 tough. It's tough. I mean, we we talk all the time about playing cupcakes. You know, Nebraska's playing Northern Illinois. Uh, Duke is playing Middle Tennessee State. Come on now, huh? U UMass is playing Charlotte. East. Uh, other teams. Uh, what am I looking for here? You know, Akron to Central Michigan. No, FAU with Ball State. Yeah. Yeah, these they're they're cupcakes, you know. There's just nothing there. There's nothing. There's nothing of meat. And you know, if you get if you got to really build up your record by playing cupcakes, uh, it, it, I don't think it bodes well for for the end of the season. Well, we always talk about the strength of schedule in different conferences. Of course, you know I'm an SEC guy and the Big Ten and all these other conferences. You know, you got three teams: Auburn, Georgia. Now there's four teams, LSU and Alabama. Two of those four teams are going to be in the championship series. And frankly, it's going to be up to the rest of the country to try to keep up with them. So we'll see where it goes. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of fluffy stuff anymore after this league, after this week. Then it gets down to league play. Florida's playing at Kentucky, which is always dangerous because Kentucky is Kentucky at home. They play really well. And uh, Florida's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. And, not, you know, they could – I don't think they lose the game, but you know they may not win the points. But uh, if, if you start in, if you start league play right now, you really got to start humming. And uh, Syracuse is in a situation where they are looking at their whole season this Saturday against Clemson. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know the crazy thing about it is after this game is played this weekend with Clemson at Syracuse, Syracuse will have gone through a quarter of their season already. And, you know, people have to look at that. You know, it come, it sneaks up quick on you. Now, you talked about Florida State, and we have, you know, obviously, like I said, uh, these logos here. So we've spoken about Syracuse and now talking here about Florida State a little bit. You know, Florida State has started off the season with two games at home in Tallahassee. They dropped a game to Boise State 36-31, to and they barely defeated Louisiana Monroe at home in Tallahassee in overtime, 45 to 44. And they did hire Jim Levitt as a defensive analyst coming from Oregon. So, you know, your, your thoughts on this, Papa Joe? I mean, Florida State has had their moments. They've obviously had their struggles, you know, with, with Jimbo leaving and then Willie Taggart coming in. But they played their first two games of the season at home and they're one and one, losing to Boise State and barely squeaking by Louisiana Monroe. That does not bode well for Florida State moving forward. No, no, no. Um, Jimbo, Jimbo must have seen this coming down the pike because he got out of Dodge real quick. Uh, yeah. Maybe he, maybe he didn't like the, the 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 team that he was formulating, the team that he was recruiting. But a Taggart is, is I don't believe is going to be the answer over there. Uh, I don't, of course, I'm I'm not a Florida State man, but I I don't wish him any ill will. But this is the this is a, a a game that they could lose real easy against Virginia, and they're also staring their their season in the in the face. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. Uh, if you give up Louisiana Monroe, you give up 41 points or 40 points, something like that. Man, something's not right. And they they have a little newspaper up there called War Paint, War Paint, and they're 
they're circling the wagons now. If they if they lose big to Virginia and a couple other a couple other games down the road, you know, Willie could be looking for another job. It's going to cost a lot of money to buy this guy out too. Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, when you hire these guys and you put them in situations where it's millions and millions of dollars to get them out, but you know, Florida State has that money, so I mean, they'll use it if they got to use it. So we talked about Syracuse. We've spoken about. Florida State here with Papa Joe and to, you know, once again, let you know you're listening on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT and you're watching on Facebook Live, Facebook.com backslash Live Now DT. We've spoken about Syracuse. We've spoken about Florida State's Let's uh, let's give a little talk before we get to your Gators and all. Let's discuss the Miami Hurricanes and where Miami is right now and you know Miami looking at their situation they're 0 and 2 to start off the season they lost to your Florida Gators 24 to 20 after pushing them to the brink and they lost to North Carolina at North Carolina North Carolina with Mac Brown back as their head coach is 2 and 0 to start the season with a win over South Carolina 24 to 20 and a win over Miami 28 to 25 squeaking these games out. Now, Mac Brown, keep in mind, he's starting off 2-0 and with the North Carolina Tar Heels, but last season, when Larry Fedora was the head coach of this team, this team ended the season 2-9. and They have already, they have already gotten as many wins this season as they had last season, starting 2-0. and What are your thoughts on the fact that Miami lost to North Carolina? And then secondly, that Mac Brown has as many wins in two weeks as the team had all last season. Well, Mac Brown is a, is a college football icon. He's, I admire him greatly. Uh, he's a wonderful coach. Relate, relates to the kids, even though he's much older than a normal coach. Uh, frankly, I was surprised that he wanted to get back in uh, into coaching. But, you know, that's what he wants to do. And he can he's going to sneak up on the ACC. You better watch it. Look at Miami is not an 0-2 team. They're, they're not. Uh, they could have very easily beaten Florida. Uh, they were competitive with North Carolina. They are not an 0-2 team. They're, they're much better than that, and I think they're going down the road. Their, their schedule is going to uh, help them a little bit more. Uh, so we got to keep an eye out for Miami. I think they're much better than their record in hates. And Mac Brown being 2-0, he's reaching a little bit, but uh, all he's got to do in the eyes of North Carolina Stay above 500, maybe go to a cheap bowl or something like that. Beat a good team every once in a while, and they'll be happy. And but Mac Brown is a coaching legend, and and I congratulate him so far on his on his uh, opening. Yeah, you know, and Mac Brown obviously taking care of business here and doing what he needs to do, and, and getting this team to you know actually get some publicity right now as they've started out the season two and zero. Like I said. 2-0 this season, 2-9 last season. He wins one more game, and, all, and they've already gone what they did last year and gone one step forward, which I'm sure that they will. You know, Miami, though, with Manny Diaz, like you said, they, they very easily could be 2-0. I mean, Manny Diaz, a hell of a coach, first Cuban-American coach at Miami ever. Love speaking with him. Just really appreciate his time. I would imagine that even though Miami hasn't been able to squeak out these close ones, they played Florida very close, played North Carolina within a field goal. I would imagine that they're going to be able to probably finish this off with a pretty good season, and I wouldn't be surprised if they could squeak out a bowl game this year. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They're definitely a bowl team, even though old too. They'll, uh, they'll do well. Manny Diaz is well thought of in South Florida. Uh, like I always tell you about the, the hotbed of Florida and Texas also, where you, there's so many athletes down here that 
all the big schools can get all the all the kids that they want just if they stay in Florida. It's amazing. Miami is just a hotbed of talent. Whether you're a two star or a three star, four star, whatever kind of star it is, uh, it it there's plenty of there's plenty of players to go around. And if he can uh, attract uh, the Cuban kids down there and the the young black kids down there, he's going to have a very successful tenure. And I feel like he's going to have success in Miami, you know, really with everybody down there because he just seems to be a a motivator. He seems to be able to connect with the kids and, you know, just, I don't know, from the the short time that I've gotten to speak with him so far, I really have been impressed with the way that he acts and, and just the way that he carries himself and the fact that he seems very genuine, which I think in this day and age, you know, speaks to kids, should speak to kids, should speak to anybody at any time, but... It's crazy how in 2019, if you're just simply an honest person, it seems to go a long way. <laughs> so UCF, I want to get to them, UCF and USF, they'll eventually face off in their game at the end of the season, their, their rivalry game. But thoughts on Central Florida and South Florida, we'll start with Central Florida here and just get into where they stand right now. The team is 2-0. and they are ranked in the team in the nation's top 20, not the top 25, the top 20. They are ranked 2 and 0 to start off the season. Took care of FAU and Lane Kiffin. Their team is supposed to be fast and ready and prepared. Well, UCF beat them 48 to 14. Wasn't a high-scoring shootout like people thought. And UCF, we saw them have Brandon Wimbush out there. And now in the second game, they had Dylan Gabriel and Quadri Jones. Quadri Jones only threw one pass, but Dylan Gabriel, 7 of 19, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 245 yards, and they had five different players rush for a touchdown against FAU. Greg McRae, Bentavius Thompson, Otis Anderson, Adrian Killens Jr., and Dylan Gabriel all had a touchdown rushing in this matchup and taking care of FAU at FAU. Thoughts on UCF, because they don't have DJ Mack, they don't have Mackenzie Millen, but no matter who they put at quarterback these first couple weeks, they've not only beaten the team, but they've taken care of it, and defensively, they've been able to hold it down, where people want to talk about UCF's offense, well, defensively, in the state of Florida, they have scored a combined 110 points while allowing 14 in two weeks. Big time, big time move. It's tough to tough to hear and read about Mackenzie Milton. I mean, he's just a, a really nice, super young man. Good quarterback. Maybe boarded on a great quarterback with that system down there. Too bad he's going to be out. I don't expect he's ever going to take the field again, but you know, he's there for moral support. Uh, UCF looks looks like looks like the real deal, too. Um, however, you got Stanford rolling in, and I'm not sure that's going to that's going to bode well for some of the fans that look at a really top-flight program like Stanford. So we'll see how good UCF is when they play Stanford. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing that you know everybody's really looking at is you start off these first couple weeks in games that you're expected to win, but now you're in a position where you're playing Stanford, and can you take care of the Pac-12, and can you truly you know send a message here? To everybody in the nation, this game is going to be on ESPN at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time this Saturday, September 14th. And the great thing about it is they're going to be at UCF inside of the Loud House of the Spectrum 
Spectrum Stadium, and, and, and I really honestly feel that that's going to be one hell of a game. And I hope that people watch this at Spectrum Stadium and uh, and definitely check it out because UCF has a true test, and these are the games that you know gets them national exposure either positively or negatively. It puts them on the national map of either pushing the narrative that they really are a good team and should be respected, or if they're like, okay, well, they're just really good in their conference, but not overall. South Florida, on the other hand, has played two tough games. They played Wisconsin, ranked in the top 20, lost 49 to nothing, played Georgia Tech with Jeff Collins as the head coach, who Charlie Strong knows all too well because he faced him in, div- in division of the American East in the American Athletic Conference for the last couple seasons when Jeff Collins was the head coach of Temple. Now he's the head coach of Georgia Tech, and they lose that close game 14-10 to 10 on the road. They have South Carolina State, and I'd imagine they'd be able to get this one. But thoughts on Charlie Strong starting 0-2 this season? Well, I go back a long way with Charlie Strong, going back to the Gator days. Uh, he was a great defensive coordinator for the for the Gators. Uh, moved on, did did well. I think he went to Houston or something like that, uh, or Texas. I can't remember which one. Anyway, he's a well-thought-of coach, great defensive coach. Uh, Charlie's, Charlie's under the gun here. You know, he's, he's going to be playing top flight teams. Uh, he, he's got to start winning some teams. He's got to win some games. He's got to have better, better seasons. Uh, I don't expect if Charlie doesn't improve here in the near future, in the next three or four weeks, I think he's going down the road. So unfortunately that's the way I look at it, but you know, Charlie's a tough, strong guy. He, he also relates kids to kids very well. Uh, well thought of coach. Uh, I wish we had him as a defensive coordinator a couple of years ago, but we don't. And he's at UCF, but he may not be very, there very long if he doesn't start winning. No, and, and, and you know, the, the thing about this when we look at, you know, Charlie Strong and what's going on here is, you know, he spent three seasons in Texas after leaving Louisville and ended up getting fired. And I'd so, as soon as he took the job in Texas, I remember sitting down with him at, uh, at one of the media days and I wanted to tell him, like, don't take this job because I just felt like and I literally said, I said, I give him three years and then they'll fire him. And he had three years and then they fired him. And now he's at USF. But, you know, the thing about Willie Taggart that Florida State fans may forget is, you know, you may not like him right now. You may not like the way that things are going. But Willie Taggart went to USF when it was nothing and he built it into something and Charlie Strong inherited that something and inherited those recruits and inherited the the Quentin Flowers and the Marlon Max and, you know, all those guys of the world that are going to the NFL and making big splashes. So the reality of it all is if you're mad at Willie Taggart at Florida State, you have to look at USF and know that he built that program to what it what it had become and Charlie Strong is not sustaining that right now which means that like you said Charlie's on the hot seat now we've talked Syracuse we've talked you at UCF USF Florida State Miami before we take a quick step aside for a fast break PJ let's talk about your Gators as we're live here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with Papa Joe this morning and every Thursday morning in the first hour of the broadcast from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. So, PJ, we go into the SEC. We go to your team, the Florida Gators. They're still ranked in the top 10. They're 2-0. Georgia's 2-0. Kentucky's 2-0. All in the SEC's East Division. The only unbeaten teams, Kentucky, Florida, and Georgia. And Florida and Kentucky, one of these teams will not be unbeaten after this week as they face off against one another. Thoughts on this? Because this early season game in week three 
is going to have implications inside of the East Division of the SEC. You're a very important game. This is a scary game for me. Florida's uh, up, supposed to be up by nine and a half points as a favorite. Not, I don't, I don't see that. Uh, I see Florida maybe you know winning the game, but not comfortably. Every time you go to Kentucky at Kentucky, it's a big game. It's, it's they just seem to play well there. Uh, Florida had had everything moving last week. They piled up a bunch of yards against a no uh, nothing team. Uh, Felipe Franks is, is showing why he's a possible All-American uh, and a pro prospect. He's a big kid. I mean, he's 6'5 and 240, moves very well for a big guy. He's got, you know, four or five guys to throw to. Florida can put up a lot, a lot, a lot of points. But this, this, is, a, this is a trap game right here. This is, this is not a game no Gator is, is confident in right now. This is a, this is a tough game. Uh, I don't think Kentucky is, is as good as the Florida or Georgia. Uh, but, you know, you can, you can talk about maybe a possible upset here, but the SEC East goes through Georgia, so I don't care what, what any other team does. You're going to have to go through Georgia. So it's either Florida, Kentucky. If Kentucky wins, they're going to have to go through Georgia and Florida also. We know what that game's about. So it's going to be a tough game. It's not a game that I look forward to looking at because it's a, a real trap game. So Kentucky's that good, too. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, this is going to be a very interesting game. And like, and you said that the SEC East goes through Georgia. And, you know, Georgia obviously still undefeated. And Georgia will have their uh, next matchup coming up here as well as Georgia will get set in their schedule. And Georgia being one of the strong teams this season and, and over the last few seasons ranked in the top three in the nation, uh, Georgia will have their next game this weekend against Arkansas State. So we can imagine that they will obviously uh, emerge more than likely at 3-0 and before they face off against Notre Dame at home on September 21st on CBS at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You are watching as well on Facebook Live all around the world, and you know if there's aliens that exist and they're hovering close enough to a satellite, then aliens, you are watching me as well. I come in peace on Facebook.com backslash live now. DT, all of it, whether you're watching or listening or both, are inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. That man they call PJ is on the show. Papa Joe with us every first hour of our Thursday broadcast inside of the collegiate and professional football seasons. We have talked Syracuse. We have spoken on UCF, USF, Florida State, as well as Miami, his Gators, and it's now time to jump into the NFL. Papa Joe brought it up early on in the broadcast, and that was his thoughts about you know what's going on right now, unfortunately, in the world of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Papa Joe, I believe that it was the first quarter. We saw a touchdown pass from Nick Foles, so he makes his debut in Jacksonville. The first game of the season is at home. He's in front of the fans. He throws a touchdown pass. Then he breaks his left clavicle, has a collarbone injury. We don't know when the heck he's coming back. There's no timetable for it. The Jaguars' $88 million, could be $100 million man, is already out in the first game of the season without playing a total game. Thoughts on the fact that, and the irony, I guess, that 
Nick Foles was coming in for a couple years, filling in for an injured Carson Wentz, and now Jacksonville spent all that bread on Nick Foles, and they don't have their starting quarterback. Sad. Uh, it's all sad. I mean, the looks on some of the players' faces when they the TV scanned them was just, you know, it's like you lost your best brother, which they did. I mean, the pass that he threw to Shark was just right on the money. A uh, fade, uh, Shark was right there. You know, it was a great pass. And then you, then they zoom back, and he can't get up off the ground. So oh, it's terrible. That's terrible. Um, you know, what, what can you say? I mean, in it, un, the NFL is called not for long. You know, uh, they got to say next man up. Uh, yeah. But then when he, you know, they did. They got they got over four hundred yards. I mean, of course, Kansas City almost got five hundred yards. But you know, facing Kansas City is scary, and. Kansas City will keep going, even though Hill's going to be out for a while, too. So a couple of tough guys got lost for the year, but not for the year, but most of the year. And uh, Jacksonville's just going to have to recoup. One thing that, that bothered me, mostly, was uh, the defense of, of Jacksonville. They, they, weren't, they weren't on the same page. I didn't recognize a lot of the formations that they were using. And I don't know what, you know, what Bowie and Ramsey were doing, uh, you know, they, they weren't in the right spot. Something, something, something missed there. I don't know what it is, but they better fix it. <laughs> you know, they, Kansas, Kansas City's going to score a lot of points and get a lot of yards on anyone. But they just look terrible. They just look out of sync. You know, it, Foles was going to try to keep them in the game. I know that. They probably weren't going to win that game, but Foles was going to take stay stuff and strong and throw and maybe even run every once in a while. But uh, it's it's terrible. I it almost looks like it's the Jacksonville team from two or three years ago on defense that didn't have a clue what they were doing. Uh, I don't understand it, but I hope they fix it. Uh, I think Minshew is going to step in and do a incredible job. Uh, I'm in his corner. I just love the way the kid played for Mike Leach at Washington State. Uh, he's going to get he's going to get a lot of points. He's going to get a lot of yards. And if if Jacksonville's defense has got to show up, they've got to play like the team that they have been for the last couple of years. They're not, they didn't do that this last week. Yeah. Given, you know, given Kansas city is scary. I understand that, but you don't have to give them, don't give them the bread. I mean, come on, you got to make them work a little bit. Uh, so, you know, it's depressing to talk about, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to step up, Dan. That's all. They're going to have to step up. Gardner Minshew in the game. Speaking of stepping up, he comes up against Kansas City, who's obviously a, a prolific offense, not a lot of defense. He goes 22 for 25 for over 200 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Those are about as great numbers as you can ever ask for for a backup quarterback who's making his debut and is a rookie. What did you think about that? I mean, Minshew, Mr. Mustache, 22 of 25, and, you know, even DJ Chark got involved. He got a little touchdown to DJ Chark. You know, I mean, this, even though it's a tough situation to be in, Gardner Minshew stepped in there and had better numbers on the field at TIAA Bank Field than a lot of guys have at quarterback for Jacksonville in a long time. Great. I mean, I love to watch the kid. I saw him in preseason a couple times. He looked like he was uh, going to be fine. Uh, anyone who followed him, again, I hate to keep bringing it up, but if you follow him at Washington State with Mike Leach, who... Mike Leach's offensive line is brilliant. He started all of this run-pass option stuff years ago, Texas Tech. Uh, he found the perfect quarterback. And if Jacksonville's paying attention, 
which they think they are. I think they have to get the offense, build the offense to this kid's strengths, which is a quick a quick release. He doesn't move that well in the pocket, but he's got some He's got some really good receivers to throw to. I think if they build an offense around him to where he didn't have to do a lot, you know, don't have 50 million plays for him to memorize, you know. Just come up with something safe and then, then keep building, you know, and keep building. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's, good, he's a good quarterback. Uh, he's going to surprise a lot of people. I hope he doesn't surprise Foles because if he does really well, Foles is going to be out of a job, but he's going to be real rich. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. He's going to be one of the highest paid bench players, and – that is not what you want if you're if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, you wanted to bring in that guy to help you push toward a potential Super Bowl run, and that's why you spent all the money that you spent on him. So hopefully things will start to roll out and work out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Gardner Minshew had a nice little debut, and hopefully that continues as he steps forward here. So with that being said, Papa Joe, uh, any other thoughts on NFL Week 1? Did anything else kind of you know, sit with you, maybe shock you a little bit. We did have a tie in Kyler Murray's debut. He faced off against against Detroit, so we did see that happen. Uh, Buffalo was able to squeak one out on the road. Le'Veon Bell had a nice debut as a Jet. You know, TJ Hawkinson in Detroit as a rookie. He had a nice touchdown. The Giants had no answer for the Cowboys, and Saquon Barkley was quiet in that game. Philadelphia run it went back and forth with Washington 32 to 27 they get that victory and then outside of that Baltimore Lamar Jackson looked phenomenal 59 to 10 they win the game the Pittsburgh Steelers had no answer for the Patriots you know New Orleans had a great finish against Houston any any game or player or debut there were so many rookies and so many guys that changed jerseys making their debut anything stick out to you for the NFL uh, not really. The, the Kyler Murray thing to me is really iffy. That, you know, that's that that's down the road. That, that he's he's only played one game. Uh, you know, I, I do have to go back and about the Jaguars one more time. It, yeah. Another thing that bothered me was the the uh, the inability of them to to stay up with Kansas City and then getting frustrated to do it. And Miles Jack doing his thing. I mean, the guy just has he scores a, a great contract and he gets thrown out of his first game. Come on, what's up with that? I mean, you just can't do that. And if if Coughlin, come on, Coughlin's got to be looking at this stuff and say, listen, I'm a structure and discipline kind of guy. I've got to have structure and discipline in my football team. And they weren't there. They committed 18 personal fouls. Are you serious? <laughs> come on. You know, Tom, wake up. You know, either get the, either get the guys you want to play for you or tell Marone that you want them to play the way you want them to play because they're not doing it. Okay, I had the vent. That's good. <laughs> no, no, it's okay, Manny. The, the reality of it all, and one of the guys just wrote in, and I feel the same way. He said, how long until Coughlin comes down from the booth to the field? And, you know, I just, I feel like Tom Coughlin has always been, you know, the drill sergeant type, or that's what people expect from him. Obviously, Doug Marone cannot corral a room together. I, I don't know Doug Marone's personality to be very, you know, uplifting, I don't know him to be very rah-rah and get the team to really listen and be around him and whatnot, but I'm getting frustrated and I'm getting very confused to the point of if Doug Marone, which obviously he has not been able to, if he can't corral this team and punish this team accordingly and do the things that he needs to do, 
you know, the reality of it all in the grand scheme of things is Doug Marone in Jacksonville looks like he has no control of the locker room, no control of anything. So why Tom Coughlin is just kind of, I mean, I would imagine he's not sitting back, but it looks like he's just sitting back. Does this confuse you as much as it confuses me? That Tom Coughlin, you know, Mr. Military, is sitting right there, and this team is literally just like, I feel like practice in Jacksonville is, you know, Doug saying, all right, everybody line up, and Jalen Ramsey's playing with a sprinkler, and Miles Jack is like picking bugs out of the ground, and I mean, I just, I feel like it's like, it's trying to corral a bunch of eight-year-olds to play soccer. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, I've been it the same way, uh... There is there is no answer. You got to have a strong. You know, Marone is not a little guy. Marone is a big man. Physically, he's a big man. And if he had a different presence about him, a, a grumpy looking guy, you know, a stern guy, he would he would instru- in, instill fear into these guys. He's a big man. He's six five, two hundred fifty pounds. I mean, if you're a big coach and you got a loud mouth, your team the team is going to corral themselves. Come on, you got to do that. But anyway, getting back to the other the, the other games. Uh, I loved watching uh, Drew Brees go to work, man. He's he's great. Drew Brees is a is another relic. He's a he's a jewel of the past, just like Tom Brady is. Uh, he look at New Orleans beat a real good Houston team, and he passed for I don't know three hundred seventy yards, something like that. You know, Drew Brees is is brilliant. Uh, I love to watch him play. Uh, you know, New England and Pittsburgh. That was a debacle. Again, Tom Brady. What what can you say? I mean, the guy is the guy is playing great. He he finds his receivers. He makes the right calls. Yeah. And of course, eventually we have to talk about that idiot that's over there now, uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, I guess I can veer off a little bit here. I don't understand why uh, New England didn't do their due diligence on this guy because someone had to know about these sexual attacks. Uh, someone had to know about it, and if they didn't do their due diligence and just pissed away nine million guys, nine million dollars on this guy, uh, you know, the grumpy lobster boat captain is not going to take that kind of stuff. You know, he's—I uh, wouldn't be surprised, and I'm not sure about this, but I wouldn't be surprised that if this comes to a head and they boot his ass off the team. So, you know, they—they they can't rely on Tom Brady to, to be great every week and pass to a mediocre bunch of guys. But that's just the way he is. Uh, Dallas and, and Dallas and the Giants. Uh, Dallas, look, they're hitting on all cylinders. Uh, Philadelphia, Washington was a great game. Uh, Minnesota and Atlanta, I watched that game a little bit. I've always liked Cousins. I think he's going to do well with them. Uh, Baltimore and Miami, I think the jury is still out on Lamar Jackson. I don't. I think that was a fluke of a game. I don't think he's. I don't think he's good as he says he is. Yeah. He said he's a good. He's not a good running back. He's a good quarterback, which is okay. That's that's okay to think that way. But he's gonna. He maybe I think he's gonna be playing uh, Baltimore this week. So we'll see. We'll see what kind of offense he can throw up there. But you know, it's it all. The, all the games are are fine. They're fun to, to watch and fun to look at. But when you have a your home team is struggling the way this home team is. Uh, and there's not much more you can say, and there's not much more I can vent about, so I'm going to stop venting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it, you know, it is. And like you said, you brought up the Antonio Brown situation, and, 
you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. I, I thought the NFL had an opportunity to really, you know, put something down here and let people know that, you know, they're not going to stand for certain things, you know, that the league would actually crack down and say, you know what, Antonio, we're not going to do this. You know, we're not going to let this happen. This is a circus. But, you know, obviously they did not. And the NFL, like the NCAA, has their own set of rules and they change all the time. And sometimes it works for this guy. Sometimes they punish that guy. Sometimes they let this guy go scot-free. So the reality of it all is, you know, ultimately it doesn't make any sense. And and Antonio Brown just, you know, it seems like I wondered, was it Mike Tomlin? Was it Ben Roethlisberger? Was it the Steelers? Was it the Rooney family? Or was it Antonio Brown or was it both? Well, it looks like after everything that happened and going to Oakland and three days into being there, I don't know if I'm going to play. And then he had frostbite on his feet from, you know, the, the cryotherapy that he did. And then after that, he wanted to wear his helmet and he stomped his foot like a little kid. And then now he's like not going to practice or he's not going to a mandatory team meeting. Then allegedly he's getting in the face of GM Mike Mayock and threatening to hit him. And the and his teammates got to bring him back. Then he apologizes. Then not even 24 hours later, he's off the team. I mean, this guy has been a circus and he did never he didn't even play a single game for the Raiders. So the fact that Bill Belichick would bring him in is just really sick and what it teaches people all over the world, kids young and young and old, is if you're really really talented but a crappy human being, you can still get a job. And I don't think that that's the right message to send. Absolutely. Um as I as I said earlier that uh Belichick, I, I think, is going to come to a very quick realization that he made a mistake. Uh, and if if any of this information that's come forth is true, then he doesn't need the guy on the team. So they're going to they're going to blow their brains out for nine million dollars. I guess that's the upfront money. I think five million has to be paid within two weeks. Then the other four million has to be paid on January first or some something like that. Uh, so you know. Maybe they don't pay the guy. Maybe they say, well, take us to court because we're not going to give you. We're going to throw you off the team and we're not going to give you any money, just like Oakland did. So uh, I don't I don't I don't see that this is going to be very comfortable for New England at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brady was uh, very effusive about the complimentary way he was talking about Brown, even letting him stay at his house. Uh, Brady's got to be stunned with this. Uh, and he's, he's thinking about, man, I got I got to throw the ball to this guy. I get to throw the ball to this guy all year long. Yeah. And now, now is, is a chance that he may not even play. So it's, it's disappointing. And as I stated earlier, New England had to have done some due diligence. And for them to miss this, I don't know. Oakland missed it, I guess. So maybe maybe it hasn't been reported or maybe uh, it's been swept under the carpet. So anyway, good luck with it. I hope that they work it out. But uh, I, I just as soon see the guy hit the road. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So that coming from Papa Joe here. Well, Papa Joe, the segment is called Papa Joe's Picks. So it is time to make our week three college football picks. I'm going to pick a few games here. <laughs> if I miss any ones that are on your mind, then just stop me and we'll go back to it. Ohio State at Indiana. Ohio State romped Cincinnati. You picked Ohio State. I thought Cincy was going to maybe pull off an upset with Luke Fickle going back. They didn't even score a point in the game. Ohio State is now still in the top 10 rankings going to Indiana to face off against a running back that played here in Central New York, Stevie Scott at CBA, my alma mater. What are your thoughts on Ohio State at Indiana? Well, I, I'm 
you know, I'm not an Ohio State guy because of Urban Meyer, so I know Urban's not there anymore, but he's sort of there. He's sort of going to be assistant AD, whatever that means over there. Uh, Ohio State's favored by 14. I think they win the game easily. Uh, I don't like it, but I don't see Indiana putting up that big of a fight. Uh, I think the quarterback that they've – was it Fields that they brought in? Yeah. Yeah, he looks he looked good, but he hasn't played – he hasn't played anyone yet, and I, I think it's probably going to be uh, farther down in the schedule where he's going to wind up, have, wind up having to play against a real good team. This Indiana team is no such team. Yeah, Ohio State, I'm going to pick them on the road as well. I hope Stevie Scott runs all over him because he had a nice debut as a true freshman in college football. So hopefully he has a good day, but ultimately I'm picking Ohio State in the game. Pittsburgh at Penn State, the battle for Pennsylvania. We see that, you know, Pittsburgh, or Penn State obviously is taking care of business here. I thought that Buffalo would give them something. They didn't. Pitt has started off the season one and one. They lost to Virginia inside the ACC, but they defeated Ohio. And then Penn State has won over Idaho and Buffalo. So they will face off against each other at Penn State at, at College Park. So what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I got. Penn State looks like there's almost a 20-point favorite in this game. Um, I don't like Penn State either. Uh, I think Franklin is in some kind of trouble up there. I don't know what it is. I didn't read enough about it. But it, it could possibly spill over to the, the performance of the team. Uh, I, as I look at it a little bit more. I think Penn State's up 17.5 points uh, favorite. So I think Pittsburgh. I think Penn State wins the game, but I think Pittsburgh stays within the 17.5 points. Yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Penn State in this game as well. You know, Pittsburgh has done some good things. They've been able to you know shock a little bit here and there, and in recent history, kind of played spoiler to Miami's hopes of being in the college football playoff in in uh, in recent times. But I don't think Pittsburgh's got enough to win this game. Maryland at Temple. Temple is going to be at home. You know, Rod Carey's the new head coach over at Temple. So we can see what he's going to be doing and and how he's going to be moving forward here. But Maryland walks in ranked 21 in the country, and Maryland obviously walks in with a high-powered offense. So Temple's 1-0. They've only played one game against Bucknell, and then they had a break. So what are your thoughts on Temple hosting Maryland? This is going to be nasty. You know, I'm looking at the line here, and they got Maryland minus four. That means you get Temple plus four. Are you kidding me? They're going to win by 44. So, you know, this is uh, this will be a fun game to watch. It's, I know it's not on TV, but uh, I'm going to follow it because I'm interested in how the offense is going to keep going. If they're as good as what they did against Syracuse, then this, this game won't be a contest at all. Instead of four points, it'll be 44 points. Yeah, I'm going to go with Maryland as well. And, and we are snake eyes all the way through here, Papa Joe, as we step into the rest of our picks for the week. Stanford at UCF. Thoughts on this game? Well, Stanford's down seven points, or I mean, plus seven points in the, on the line. Uh, I, I think that I think they're going to get their behind handed to them. I think Stanford wins this game. They're uh, they're a different they're a different team than what UCF has played so far. I think Stanford will show their muscle in this game. So you have Stanford in the victory here. I am, you know, th- this is this is a tough one for me to pick obviously. And, you know, I I think that, you know, the fact that they've been able to play different quarterbacks and get them out there, despite dealing with all the injuries that they have. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say UCF because they're at home against Stanford. So I'm going to pick UCF in this one. Alabama at South Carolina. Is there any threat to Alabama whatsoever? 
No, um, he had two has so many weapons that it's scary how many guys they can put on the football field that can make plays. Uh, you know, Saban, as grumpy as he is, too, uh, he seems to attract the good players and the ones that offense, especially wide, where these kids can shine and go on go on to the pros. I mean, he's a he's just like the Kentucky basketball coach. You know, you come to Kentucky, you go to the pros. Yeah, uh, Alabama's the same way. That Alabama's up. Uh, South Carolina's got twenty one points in this game. It's not going to be that close. You know, Alabama uh, runs away easily here. I think. Yeah, I got Bama in this game as well, and and I'm going to pick uh, two more games here. So let's see what we got left on the docket. So, well, let's go to your Florida-Kentucky game. Florida at Kentucky. Thoughts on this one? Well, Kentucky's a, Florida's a nine-and-a-half point favorite, so, I mean, Kentucky gets nine-and-a-half points. I think Florida wins the game, but this is, this as I stated earlier, this is a game that the Gator, Gator fans don't like to see. That Kentucky is Kentucky against Florida when they play up there. Felipe Franks has got to be a hundred percent here. He can't be dragging around. He's got to. He's got to score. He's got to score quickly. Then the defense takes over. Florida certainly has the athletes. They just have to win the game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Florida in this game too. I think they squeak it out, even though they're on the road. I think that this is a big time implication game for the rest of the season for Florida. And I, I'm going to get. I'm going to get two more in here. I want to do Clemson and Syracuse, but I want to get one more in here just because of every how everything's been going. And by the way, I said last week that Washington. I, I said that Washington California game could be dangerous for Washington, and California won it by a point. Thoughts on Florida State at Virginia? Florida State is is one and one, and this is their first road game of the season. They've looked awful at home. What do you have for this? Well. I think Virginia is a, a top 20 team. Uh, they're only favored by eight here. Florida State looks like they can score. Uh, their defense is awful, but um, as I stated earlier also, this is a this is a turning point for Taggart. I mean, he's got to win this game. I don't know how he's going to win this game, but he's got to win this game. But I don't see them doing it to Virginia. Now I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Virginia in this one as well. And the last one is Clemson at Syracuse. Thoughts on this? Uh, I gotta. I'm gonna say novena for you here. <laughs> <laughs> I did that two years ago and it almost worked. But uh, Syracuse's uh, performance last weekend was abominable. There's nothing more you can say about it. Uh, I hope that they're. I hope that they sharpens the claws on the defense because if not, you know Clemson runs away and they have the athletes too that to play. And of course, of course, Clemson has a defense too. So. This doesn't look well for Syracuse. I think Syracuse has got 24 points. I think Clemson wins easily, and frankly, I think Clemson covers. So, good luck. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a tough game overall. So those are my picks as well as Papa Joe's picks. We have made our picks here. He has chosen Clemson against Syracuse. I will choose Clemson as well in this game. I thought it was going to be different for the Orange. I hope that they shock. I hope that they awe. I hope that they make it happen. I hope that they bring us back to two years ago and make it feel good. They were undefeated in the Dome last year as well. So it's a heck of a way to start off the Dome season, but ultimately I don't think that they, if they didn't have an answer for Maryland, I struggle to believe they'll have an answer for Trevor Lawrence and company. So Papa Joe and I, Ohio State at Indiana, we both picked 
Ohio State to recap. Pitt at Penn State, both went with Penn State. Maryland at Temple, both went with Maryland. Stanford at UCF, Papa Joe Stanford, I went with UCF. We both went with Alabama on the road at South Carolina. Both went with Florida at Kentucky. Both with Virginia, home against FSU. And both with Clemson over Syracuse on the road. With that being said, Papa Joe, as always, I appreciate it. I thank you for your time. We spilled off into hour number two with good conversation. And I look forward to talking with you again next Thursday at 9 o'clock. And as always, thank you for everything. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Good night. Take care. Bye. That coming from Papa Joe once again. And let me get these Let me get these picks up here. So Clemson, Clemson at Syracuse. We have both chosen Clemson in this game. I thought it was going to be different. I really did, folks. I thought that this was going to be different. I thought it was going to be college game day. I th- you know, But I, I warned you all about Maryland. I have I warned you about Maryland over and over and over again. I said it could be a trap game, and I got laughed at a little bit this past week. But you know, it's it's not one of those things you want to be right about. It's not one of those I told you so's you want to be happy about. You know, I know the fans were you know hoping for a two and zero start and some college game day, but the reality of it all is Syracuse has to bounce back. They have to let that game go. They have to leave it in the past and they have to focus because right now you're playing a team that has an opportunity, I believe, to not only play for another championship nationally, but win another championship nationally. So this is a huge game for Syracuse. It's a huge game for Clemson. Clemson can't afford to lose it and Syracuse can't afford to look like they did this past week. So it's going to be a big time game.